0: All those little voices in the mind, or those kind of moods and feelings of, of uh, ups and downs, or tight, or defended, or depressed, or joyful—whatever it is—you know, those is all a uh, sankara. They are—they're changing. They're, they come and go. <coughs> They're, they're programmed that you can, you recognize them it's like it's that again. so often it's that again it's that one we've been here before. That's why they're, they're repeated programs, they're patterns. So this sometimes these are called karma formations because they are they they're old karma, old habits, old patterns being recycled again and again and again. They may have different um, persona, you know, or they it can, it can work, they project out the different situations. We can feel sort of a bit inadequate because of this or because of that, but the basic program of inadequacy, you know, remains, say, you know. Oh, we can feel we've got a lot to do because of this or that, but the sense of got a lot to do remains. Or we can assume we are some kind of relationship within the group, you know, either we're not welcome or not good enough or going to do it all or whatever within the group. And, you know, that kind of pattern pertains... You know, it shifts from scenario to scenario, so you get these kind of karmic patterns. So these are these are of some significance, mm. There's the ending of Sankaras or the, is also the ending of karma. You don't have to keep living out the old narratives, these old these old stories. You don't have to, you keep you don't have to keep living them out, and yet. It's like that film Groundhog Day, so that's just exactly what's happening. <laughs> it's like tweaking here and there, you know. Um, and so the the ending of that, the ending of the sankaras, or the cleaning out, or the removal, or the release from them, this we call the asankhata. And uh, by and large, um, mostly... What we what we do at first is we we replace one set of Sankaras for another, just so you get some sense. You don't have to be that one all the time. So I think this is the basic program of samatha. Is you replace samatha is sankhata, conditioned, dependent on conditions, dependent upon application, doing it, and so forth. So you kind of calm rather than get frantic. You feel loving rather than frightened, you feel a sense of uplift rather than feeling dragging along carrying a whole load of weight, basic, you know, and how you do that, which I think is well, you know, well enough understood, uh, and it's really necessary actually, um, because these Sankaras carry energy. And, you, and if you just keep going around the old patterns time and time again you use a huge amount of energy it's used up in that story, in that narrative, in that pattern and you, it's like carving a groove you kind of wear a rut so that the more more that happens the more deeply that, that rut gets established and in the way you know, the mind will just, just shoot down that, that rut at a moment's notice you know, you can start the whole thing just a little trigger, and boom, there we are again. You know, so you've got to have some other patterning, so that at least you're not just sliding into that one. So you find other patterning. You know, that's that's really that's one reason why it's just to get out, just to stop doing damage. Um, the other is you start to learn some things. Hey, that that pattern isn't, you know, exactly who I am all the time. I do have some say over that. That's really important because the nature of Sankaras and actually their their hint, their real foundation point is the view I am, the view of self, the becoming is the bottom line, Sankara, the view of becoming and regarding is a Sankara, a view is a Sankara, that very sense of self-regard, self-witnessing, that itself is a sankara. Sankaras essentially have some quality of attention. You put attention on something, you know, and there's an intention. It has a particular um, push to it. And the big push for uh, for the sense of I am is find somewhere solid. That's that's what becoming does. Here we are, or here's here we are. Consciousness. We're conscious. We're aware. Everything's changing. Everything's shifting. There's a huge amount of things we don't directly know. Things that could happen, might happen, people, events, situations. It's very fluid, it's very dynamic. So, the fundamental instinct is get to the place where it's steady, safe, solid. You know, that's that's that, and it's to do with external situations, which of course we look for, and then internal. Where's my? Where do I feel? Oh, right. I know who I am. I don't feel disoriented, and so because of that, we, we naturally seek steady, understandable relationships, clarity, so forth. This is all fundamental. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's just that's 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 what you get for being born. <laughs> You've got it, you know. you if you when you're trying to find something stable and solid in a world of change and shifting. There's a certain amount of attachment that occurs to just the whole thing steady. That's how patterning occurs. It's that finding a, a repeated, steady place that gives us a sense of this is where I am. There's some ground. And that instinct is so strong that if you don't find happy ground, you'll find unhappy ground. The, the, the instinct is much stronger than just basic pleasure pain on a psychological level. That is, your mind will seek some pattern, even if it's miserable, because this uh, is it's not that disoriented, weird, you going know, insane. You know? So it's just, okay, well, at least I know where I am, I'm this, that, you know. And generally, it's kind of manageable. Once you know that you're you're not much cop and so forth, you just start to co- compensate for that. <laughs> you know, so you know, then you you you've got something to work on. So that that's this, that's becoming that's the sense of it. The looking for the the solid place. So the Buddha is saying, well, okay, you know, the best kind of clinging. If you want to be solid, you want to become something. The best kind of clinging is get some sila, get some samadhi, you know, do that. Then, at least you're landing on good ground. And the possibilities with that good ground is your mind also will calm down clear enough, less pressure, so you can begin to see where the patterns break. You know, they are patterns, they're not actually, they're, they're energetic patterns, they, they, they move. They're not actually a fixed reality. The sankata is not a fixed reality. It's a conditioned, conditionally produced that requires continual input to keep it going, and we are locked into a habit of continually giving it input, continually feeding it. Mm. We feed it yeah. from that little kind of almost a involuntary twitch or an instinct. How am I? Who am I? Where am I? You know. So you, you know, it's not something we have control over. It's deeper than that. But you can, you know, actually shift the energy of the mind to, a, to such a low gear that you begin to almost discern where that input's happening, where you know it comes up, where it wells up, and that's the you know, that's the f- focus for, uh, you know, for this kind of process. Um, now there are Sankaras, there's body sankara, Kaya Sankara, there's Mental Sankara, Chitta Sankara, and there's Verbal Sankara, vaji Sankara. And just to be clear out the Difference between the verbal and the mental, because in in the Western view they're both mental, but the verbal is do with forming concepts, articulation, and the mental is the dif- impulse emotion, being affected and responding, impulse, volition, intention. So you might say very, very using the word very carefully you might say that that's the emotion emotive basis of the mind it doesn't mean the developed emotions of you know tenderness or uh, irritation it means just the sense of an uh, a push that doesn't need a thought it actually comes underneath the thought the thought comes after it the thought almost limits that if you notice the emotions are don't have boundaries they just woohoo They're everywhere, you know, they they flush up. And the thought kind of puts about that to that. It doesn't have the feeling. Thought is not a feeling system, it's a definition system. Thought creates the the concept, uh, emotional, the mind, the emotive mind generates the, the, the feeling experience in its broadest sense. And that feeling is what gives things their push. Hmm. This is why when we you cultivate, you know, then certainly you you get your your thinking tackled together. But you know it's it's a handy thing, but you uh, to, 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 to use the thinking carefully. To avoid certain ways of thinking, or to at least be able to register what's going on. Hey, this is this, this is that. Wait a minute, what's happening? What's this? That's the usefulness of thought. It's got no feeling to it, and that's useful because it then can scan the feeling. Oh, that's that. It's just that. It's just that. Normally, of course, the two work together. We we think something, and as a feeling comes up with it, or because we feel something, we think in a particular way. I'm feeling a bit angry, so I think of all the wrong things that people are doing, or have done, or will do, and so forth. But actually, a thought is is a slightly different function. And the way of, as we all know, know, the way of thinking is just, in this practice, is very much to use it for investigation, saying, this is this, this is this, this is the feeling, this is the sensation. Uh Uh-huh. What's that? Just to keep nudging, rather than proliferating. It's a using thought to just kind of just limit and point, because there, because thought is a sankara. It, it has that. It has the ability to move, even though it's not a feeling movement. It's just the movement of inquiry. It's started of running one way. We say, what's that? Where did that come from? Uh-huh. And for that moment, that instant the mind stops and goes oh you know, what's that rather than boo running out you know? so this is this is not unusual difficult really but it's, it's sometimes we don't remember to do it or what's happened is a whole the the push of the feeling been so chronic that a whole narrative has developed. Before the horse is run five miles, before you've got a a, a rein on it, you know, or a saddle, it's already galloping around. Mm. So you just, okay, this is panic, this is galloping, it's like this, and you gradually get on the horse and you can sort of, you know, quiet it down a bit, or at least get to feel it. The um, larger topic is we might say that the topic of the mind itself or the emotive, impulsive, affective experience. Hmm. Which is, um, it's, it's, you know, when you feel happy, every, you feel happy all over. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely day, everything's right with the world. When you feel miserable, you feel miserable all over. Mm. It takes something else to break it. So it's got no particular boundaries. And because of this, then, um, you know, a normal social conditioning is to, is to, 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 to close it because, you know, um, functioning. So very often there's a basically a sense of just cutting off the emotion, the feeling of it. In the way that like children are, they just wow, right, all out, all out there, aren't they? Um, you know, so that gradually over time, it gets kind of shaped and formed and closed a bit, and don't do that, and don't do this. So, natural enough. So depending on how skillfully or patiently or or lovingly or wisely that's done, then, as you can imagine, um, there's a relationship with emotion that can be um, repressive, so you can't feel frightened, or you can't feel angry, or you can't feel sad, or you can't feel jealous, or whatever, Mm. so you can't feel passionate, So the kind of relationship can be one where there's a, automatically a kind of a closure on that, on, on the feeling sense. So then you, once it's closed you don't even know it anymore. Mm. It gets really closed. And in meditation when you start to relax the mind, you, you know, because it's closed again through a continual pattern whereby it's continual energy just holding it down, holding it down, holding it down. And as you start to open up the bodily formation in meditation, just sitting, opening, then the whole Pandora's box tends to open up. You know, the thing starts to, the energy starts to release, and you get kinds of mood tones and going on, thoughts and moods and so forth. And it's pretty disorienting, as we all know. And maybe you know one of the, the um, reactions to that is is to close it. stop, you know, can't meditate, stop, close it, close it and it's a reflex, not even a conscious decision, just a reflex can't handle this clock. Mm. But the um, you know, anxiety you know, sadness, mm. loss. Very, very um, disorienting experiences. But the, sang- the sankara has to unravel. It, you know, to up uh, to as sankata means you get the sankara and you unravel it so it's no longer running. So. If you don't handle it, you can't unravel it. So, you know, you can't just kind of push this stuff to one side, it's got to be an unraveling of it. Hmm. What we can happen in, in meditation or in spiritual practice is that you can get quite, quite good in bits. So that you don't, re- don't really realise there's whole bits that haven't been attended to. This is quite quite a commonly understood um, scenario. So it's like, you know, a person inside a jail and they manage to poke a hole through the wall, a little hole big enough to see through. So you can see through they think, oh, I see... I see the unconditioned, I see freedom, I'm free, I can see it, I'm free. Because, yeah, it's true, but it's only an eyeball full of freedom. You can see it, but... So then maybe you knock a bigger hole through and you get your hand through. Yeah, I can move around, I'm fine, I'm free, I'm a free person. And it's... And you say, look, you know, here I'm doing these wonderful things, I'm liberated, I'm joyful, free, I'm free. Because you've managed to get your hands through the wall. And that hand may be free, it's true. And the rest of it you don't even know is there. You, you know, if it's closed, you don't even know the rest of the body, let alone whether it's free or not. use that analogy, you know, and you realise it's true and it's also deluded. You're not free until you till that wall's down, until you can walk out, mm. till all of the potential, you know, in essence, is unravelled. It doesn't mean every story in your life, every little bit. This is why it's not the thinking; it's the energy and the emotion under it. The the, and basically, you might say it's rather like the, you know. Taking a tree down, you start picking away every leaf. It's going to be a long time. What you want to get is get down to the trunk and chop it there. So you come down to to one or two strands. You know, you might come down to just the basic sense of of um, anxiety, fear, worry. You know, uncertainty about being, or you come down to the sense of um, kind of frustration the irritation, frustration senses, you know, passions and frustrations, yeah, or these kinds of experiences that you may come up with, the craving, sense of really wanting to have something you can just burrow into and feel happy with. So, you, you know, you, rather than going through all the stories, you get those kind of simple underlying themes, and right at the bottom of that, is, is, as you clarify, is the sense of I am. But, you know, it's unusual to be able to just deal with that until you've at least started to, to come to terms with things like, um, you know, craving and fear and frustration and, you know, grief. Why do we say these wretched things? Because, of course... <laughs> It's the wretched stuff that's so difficult to see, so, you know, it's difficult to handle. And certainly, you know, uh, as as I hope is clear, that you don't want to spend your time in that, but you you do need, you, you know, you want to spend your time in the joyful and the bright and the healthy and the loving and the generous and so forth, so that you build up the resource, the sense of, you know this energy, you know this stuff, you know how this feels, now you can be in this stuff and start to just kind of acknowledge or at least touch into the places where it's not so good. And that's essentially the process of the Four Noble Truths, the suffering and the non-suffering. When the two are put together, then there's a possibility of a release. If you just go into the suffering all the time, it just recycles this so is why I my sense is that, you know, just watching your mind go crazy running around in circles is maybe better than, than acting upon it, but it doesn't really cut the mustard. You know, I've watched my mind go, that baby can run all day and all night, you know. Gerbo's got nothing on my mind. <laughs> I need a little bit kind of a bit more you know, in there, you know, to investigate and say, well, where, what is this? Who is this? Where is this? What's actually the point? What does it feel like? You know, what's it trying to do? Trying to escape? Trying to close everything down? Trying to freeze everything? Where is it trying to find its its security? Its its happy place? what's it want to do? And it's it's really perverted, you know you know, in a way, as you get, somehow you feel, just kind of cut out every thought, stop these silly feelings, and I'll feel okay, you know. So there's a, there's a kind of anger and frustration with, with oneself. Um You know, these things, which are just really weird. So that, you know, one needs to somehow bring the, the, the sane and the healthy, you know, which is not just a, a kind of witness, it's actually a little bit fuller. It's where you, the emotive base of the mind has to be brought in. Why, for example, piti, sukha, rapture and ease are um, right in there as enlightenment factors. Metta, bhavana, metta, loving kindness, compassion, are right in there as basic standard practices to be encouraged, to be developed, to be made much of. Mm-hmm. Not just a kind of, you know, ten-minute recollection into the, the day, but actually pretty full-on uh, to oneself, to others, to anything you can, you can lay your mind on. Really, just to keep that kind of energy flowing. What's it like? What's what's your loving side? What's your uh, nourishing side? What's your protective side? What's your appreciating side? The mudita. The sense of uplift one gets out of just being able to see other people having a good time, and feel great. That's really nice. I like that. You know, and just to access that. You know, so that the the, the emotional base of the mind is is fully um, lifted, or fluffed up, energised. You know, in, in a healthy way. You know, in a way. You know, so it's not just a kind of blank witnessing. It's not, it's, uh, the Buddha doesn't ever use the word witnessing or watching. It's always uh, this pajanati, sensing it, fully sensing it, some Pajana, fully, fully, uh, you know, comprehending with it. And, uh, you know, so that, these are things you just cultivate. So the basic self-regard, may I be well. Mm. And you put it in words like that, they're kind of weak. So it's it's not a verbal thing, it's really a sense of uh, just steadying, carrying yourself through the day, through every movement. Because there can be so much of that um, dropping of that kind of intimacy with your with your heart, mind, into, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I should be this, I should be that. We go to the social norm, rather than the real intimate um, presence with ourselves. Because the social norm is that which offers us the possibility of stability. If you do this, you won't be blamed, you won't be punished, you'll be all right. You know, That's the kind of very simple relational experience, isn't it? You want to be the odd one out. And monasteries, of course, here we are doing the you know social norm, do this, otherwise you can get ground at or something. Um, so, you know, there it is. And, um, <sighs> you know, how to, to just sort of, use the use the goodness of the form and try to clear out some of these uh, conformist punitive experiences uh, within within a group you're trying to make everybody the same or sort everybody else out or straighten people up or feeling you're not you're being looked at and measured up and so forth by people like me. <laughs> 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 Actually I don't see a little mumble about shoe racks now and then, but basically <laughs> not that not that heavy, I <laughs> hope. But I could you know, you don't have to do very much because the you know, the program is there. It's this sort of geezer in charge is probably gonna, you know, do a number on you. Um so that kind of be hovering as that's the possibility. So you do say something like, "Oh, oh, oh could you, could you do that?" "All right, all right I'll do it. I'll do it." And I just said, "You know, that's all. Just a question. That's all." <laughs> you know, because the the perception of groups and of of you know people in charge and you know maybe men in general, <laughs> who knows. That's the karma, isn't it? So Sankara's pattern, the perceptions that we have. I mean, you know, it's it's very thorough. Patterns the perceptions, patterns the feelings, patterns the body, patterns consciousness. So, you know, it's a full-on thing to just keep abiding in the, fi- in the community of health, of value, where there is a sense of bunya in the Buddha, enlightened beings the compassionate and the goodness in each other and I'm sure that you know any one of us can be in that and we can lose it, we can get you know frightened or controlling or snappy or whatever but that isn't the bit that you, we want to follow. We want to come out of those habits, patterns. So the idea, really, with, with the, uh, both the Brahma-Vihara and, and any kind of um, samadhi practices, you know, which I could kind of bunch together as essentially the building up the resource, the samatha, is you build up the great heart great heart which is the Buddha uses this expression to refer to that the mind made great or the great heart and uh, he says with this it's, it's like it it doesn't it's, it's big enough to not get thrown down those 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 karmic ruts you know, those karmic habits big enough to not go, to, you can feed yourself so go, to that, you, oh, no you don't and he likened it to the, um, the Ganges River, you put a little bit of salt in it, it doesn't change the flavour of it, so it can, you know, a little bit of a kind of negativity or the, whatever it is, and that's that's the process, you make the heart big enough so that the, these karmic patterns are like little trickles compared with the mainstream of your, of your mental environment Mm. You know that, that great heart will take the body as a resource so your body feels uh, your body energy is, is uh, straight, and bright and settled you get a sense of that and there's an emotional sense of that and there's also some clarity so all the three bases of the body, the heart and the thinking mind are all in good shape You know, and you work on that you get the, the big resources there then you can actually um, really, it's rather like all of that potential can then be hold some of these these um, old karma as a conditioned phenomenon. The great heart is is conditioned, dependent upon volition, dependent upon application. It's the it's the, the conditioned that undoes. The condition, it undoes the the negative programs. And the image is, that's useful, I would say, is that of a, of how a little, how a big stream can capture the current of a little stream. That is, the little, you allow the little stream to flow into it and it kind of gets washed away. This is a little bit more than just witnessing it feeling it in your body, feeling some of the tightness or the difficult bits or the, where that is in your, in your throat or in your chest or in your belly or somewhere. And you, you can feel the general sense of the health or the goodness and you, within that you can feel these little knotted bits and you bring the two together. So, for example, breathing is a useful practice. You can breathe because the breathing has the way it it, body energy moves in accordance with breathing. So if you breathe through this then you tend to put the body energy, the good body energy through the negative stuff so why it's helpful to build up that particular resource. Um, if you have a, a meta practice, loving-kindness practice, you build up that resource. And the more, you know, you can, the more bits you can put on it, the better it is. If you put them both together, you're getting better. If you can put, you know, sound assignments and space into it, fine, you know, bigger the better, really. Um, and it's actually accessing because in, in that opening up, almost certainly, as you open uh, the, the system, you don't close it down. So think even with a term like concentration, um, you, know, you can concentrate in a way that actually avoids some of this stuff, or which is a kind of a pointed, closed concentration, or you can develop concentration which actually spreads over the whole system that's an opening concentration where the, the qualities actually can be suffused the entire system which seems to be you know what the the Buddha was talking about his descriptions of it suffusing the entire body and spreading around the whole world and things of this nature much more a forms wide thing than a pointed thing and uh, Very often, it can be the case that we experience the the negative program, the afflictive program, as that. You know, here I am witnessing that thing. Here I'm listening to that thing. Feel it's happening to me. Hmm. Possibility with the, the with the the great heart is to turn it around. So, when the when there is that, then rather than you take it to first person, which means that now I actually I am the the negativity. I am the anger. I am the whatever it is. You actually kind of come from that place what would you be saying what would you be feeling if you were that rather than what's was happening to you what would the, the the anxiety be saying it doesn't have to say anything but it's just the question to actually almost shift to first person with that what would the the um, anger or frustration be saying what would he be doing and you kind of get in there mm. but you get in there with this particular resource. So it's, uh, it's a kind of um, sabotage. Because <laughs> you're doing it rather than being sucked into these programs by helplessly from a, from a weakened perspective, you build up the conditioned strength resources, and then you move into that carefully and willingly, bringing that resource with you. And that's how you clear them out. Because as you may have noticed, you know, as long as that paradigm persists of as me listening to it, the dance goes on and you can kind of push into a corner and you can... You know, placate it, but I don't know. It doesn't seem to actually. The the, the division, the parent the the divided self remains much the same. And so it just keeps. The ground is still the same. The ground is you know is still divided. And it's this sense of uh, uh, being having the resource to be able to to relinquish that division so we become the anxiety or the and the craving and the uncertainty but we do and we don't because it's rather like you're putting a um, you know a pig into a night dress hopefully <laughs> it's a nice image <laughs> you know you put your loving kindness into this it doesn't actually fit and the pig is bigger than the night dress so it splits it <laughs> Sometimes his images have their own ballerina. <laughs> <potency. laughs> oh yeah, pig in a ballerina outfit, <laughs> pig in ballet tights. <laughs> it just splits it, and it's it's, a, it's a quite a careful thing because it's not it's not the intention. The pig doesn't particularly want to split the nightdress. It just it's too big just gets in it and and that all that kind of cramped niggling and held back and you know how, how these these negatives how tight and cramped and petty and Scrooge like and mean and you know and twisted they are they just but then it's not to, you know you don't add hatred to that or disgust to that that's that's the shape of it. You put something big into it to just blow it out, you know. With no not even intention to blow it out. She was like re- revisiting with full awareness. And particularly helpful, I find, is just to have that sense of what can happen in your body energy a kind of a fluttering or a, uh, a contraction that you didn't even really notice that much actually suddenly kind of becomes quite alive and then it it opens up you get a sense of release mm. or the the heart the mind which was kind of struggling and trying to figure out what to do opens up and uh, there's a sense of of release, hmm. and if it, is, it doesn't you need just need a bigger pig. <laughs> You've got to feed it up. <laughs> if it doesn't split the nitrous, just give pig some more food <laughs> till it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. and you take on a little bit, the sleeve maybe, a little bit. So you just start to see the potential for a release that doesn't come through trying to be something else, trying to not be, trying to hope it will go away. You know, it's not. It's not that. To release through becoming whole, where you are.